Hi guys, welcome to In Our Community Podcast, where we interview ordinary people doing extraordinary things in their communities. I'm your host, Coach Hitty from Resurrection Movement Studio. Boy, do we have a special treat for you today on episode 29 of this podcast. I had the privilege of sitting down with Coach Berkman, the winningest coach in NCAA men's lacrosse history at Salisbury University. He is in 32nd season as the head coach of the Salisbury men's lacrosse team. Uh, He is inducted into the National Lacrosse Hall of Fame, and he has 12 national championships under his belt. So the reason why I wanted to bring him on his podcast is we get a lot of questions uh, and we work with a lot of athletes who want to go take it to the next level. So we wanted to get his input on what makes an athlete really successful at the next level and what he seeks for in an athlete and also what he believes is lacking in today's youth athletes. Listeners, if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe to our show and don't forget to give us a five star rating on the iTunes. Let's get started. So today I'm sitting across from Coach Berkman. Uh, It's an honor to have you on this podcast, Coach. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk to me. Uh, Coach Berkman, for those of you who know, is the all-time winningest coach in the NCAA men's lacrosse history, 12-time national champions in 32nd season as a head coach at Salisbury University. Um, He's in National Lacrosse Hall of Fame and 553 wins as a head coach. Somewhere in that neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) So an incredible coach. And uh, coach, I don't know if you remember, but I had a privilege of being in your classroom when you were when I was here teaching, you know, you're a professor at this university as well. And uh, I wanted to have you on the podcast to kind of have you talk about working with today's youth. uh, What are some challenges and all that stuff? But when you look back at your career, what do you think has made you really successful uh, in this coaching job? Well, I, I think there's a you know, there's several things that have kind of come to place. I think number one is the the continuity. You know, when in in Division three especially, you look at any of the great programs, and there always seems to be the one common denominator is the continuity of the coaching staff and the and the head coach. You know, you don't have somebody that you know they're jumping ships and have new coaches every three or four years. You have somebody that has a good system in place. Um, and uh, and there's a tremendous loyalty that's been built up over time for the guys that have played for for those coaches that kind of sets the tone for you know the next generation of guys that come here and play so i think you know the continuity of me being here for a long time but not only that the continuity of all my coaches who are all my former guys that have played for me and, and know the system backwards and forward and bleed maroon and gold is probably you know i think probably one of the number one keys to our success um and then I think the second key to our success is definitely our leadership of our captains. Um, I think that a, a precedent has been set here over especially the last 20 years um, of just tremendous leaders. Um, you know, they're like coaches that, you know, that are on the field for you and they're coaches that are out there 24 seven, you know, with your guys and, and making sure things are done the right way and people are accountable. And it's kind of been a, a neat thing that, that's transpired here, especially in, in the last 10 years with the captains, it's almost become a competition, mm. not to be captain, but competition to outdo the previous captains, you know, to, to be a better captain, to be more, to make their teammates more accountable, to have them in better shape when we, when we get into the season to, make them more accountable and do more things in the off season when when the coaches can't be coaching them um, that's led to a, a much higher level of play and a higher level of skill 
because of their tremendous leadership. I, I would think that that has been very critical to our continued, you know, success here and, and really teaching kids, you know, our way of, you know, players are made, not born, mm-hmm. that, you know, edging the stuff outside of three, three to five that, you know, we've preached here for a long time you know, is, is accountable and, and guys are doing that extra stuff and it becomes a common denominator here. And, and unlike most schools where that's the exception, you know, that's just kind of the rule here. So I would say those are four things that have, have definitely led to our, you know, continued success. Very cool. It sounds like you have a fantastic culture within your players that has led you to be successful and just kind of grows on its own. When you first started the program, was that something that you intentionally implanted within the program? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I kind of brought with me that when I was at previous at St. Lawrence, we actually had sweatshirts made that, that had a you know a basketball player holding up his arms with some big biceps, and it was uh, you know the the quote you know the players are are made, they're not born. And when I first got here, you know, we we tried to inspire and and get guys to do a lot more wall ball than had ever been done before. We tried to get guys into the weight room a lot more than had ever been done before. Um, and those first guys kind of bought into that, you know, and and. Uh, you know, very inspirational and uh, turning the corner when we got here to, to to believe that. And we saw some immediate success as a result. And, you know, when success breeds success and, you know, when you're preaching things and you're winning some games, it's a, it's a lot easier to get people to get things done. So right. we were fortunate to, to get some really good players early and uh, to experience some success so that, that that mindset of doing that extra stuff outside of three to five, that's the difference maker and always has been here has just become a way of life Mm. very cool and when you're going on recruiting new players aside from the skills I'm I'm sure there's a baseline for skills that you're looking for what are some characteristics of today's youth that you're looking for I think number one is that you know we we try to find out if that kid has kind of got that mindset ahead of time um, that he is a kid that you know is outworking his talent he is a kid that believes in doing extra stuff um, he is a kid that just, you know, hasn't, he's done more than the, a lot of kids that are growing up that you're aware of now, you know, it's all about the games, mm. you know, they play on all these club teams and they do, you know, they play and they go to these tournaments, you know, well, that's fine and dandy, but you know what, you know, you don't become great on Saturday and Sunday, mm. you know, you become great Monday through Friday and you don't become great cause you need another coach or another club. You become a great cause there's buckets of balls out there and you're shooting and shooting and shooting on your own. And that, that they have that kind of in their in their arsenal. They've been a kid that likes to shoot a lot, a kid that's done a lot of wall ball, a kid that's you know already established a good lifting program. Um, because if not, then it, it's not going to work here, mm-hmm. you know, or, or they're going to have to adapt, and it's going to take us a year to to teach them how to do that so that they can take their game to the next, mm-hmm. you know, the next level. Because, you know, one of the things we always say is, you know, you always try to recruit the right people. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be what they did before they got here. It's going to be what they do when they get here. Right, right. And it's funny that you're mentioning this because I think back to my college days and every time I was in the weight room or the gym just training because I just liked working out. So I didn't really have a sport that I was training for, but I was working out every time I went into the gym or the weight room. The, the kid that I saw next to me was your son because he was playing lacrosse at the time. He was e- either hitting the wall with wall ball. His name's Kyler, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Kyler was always in the gym doing wall ball or even in the weight room outside of the team sessions. He was just training hard. And so that kind of um, the mindset, you know, it just was ingrained in your son. And he was a very successful player when he was here, if I remember correctly. 
And so th that is so awesome. Um, you mentioned, you know, like a kid playing all year round uh, and, and then you, the difference between, you know, him spending time outside. Um, what if you were to able to get in front of youth parents, right? Because a lot of parents are pushing their kids to earn that scholarship and to play in the next level. What would be the message that you'd send to them if that's something that the kid really wants? Well, I think number one is that I, th I think a kid's got to play a lot of sports. You know, I think that all the things he learns from different sports at the end will make him a better lacrosse player mm. or a better whatever player, you know. And, you know, you play football when you're growing up, you learn how to get knocked down and you get back up. You know, you learn how to wrestle and, you know, you, you got to be tough in, in a ring and you got to learn to compete. But uh, I think kids just got to use to competing every day, you know, and, and when you're playing other sports, when you're playing three sports in high school, you know, you're used to competing every day from 3.30 to, you know, 5.30. And the kid that tries to, you know, say he's going to, you know, isolate in his sport or he's going to, you know, just focus on his sport and just do that, no way does he compete every day from 3.30 to 5.30 on his own. Mm -hmm. So when he gets to college and then we're now we're asking him to be, you know, a competitive lacrosse player on a daily basis, six days a week for mm -hmm. 3.30 to 6, they think it's too much year-round. You know, but if they've been already been playing football all fall and, and, and basketball all winter, it's not nothing different. So getting them just in that mindset and in that environment where they're used to competing for two to two and a half hours every day, you know, in, in different sports, I think it goes a long way to making the adjustment to college and what's going to be expected of them no matter what sport they play when they get to that next level. Um, it goes a long way in their preparation um, and, and, and how their daily – day should be mm -hmm. very cool um coach i am a true believer in sports can teach more than just that like scholarship or achieving the next level do you see that in today's kids that's coming up to play at the collegiate level you know it's kind of funny you say that we just played a game in new jersey and, and, and her asmi was there who was one of my former players who now is in you know owns his own insurance company in in new york and he goes you know coach it's is is nothing's different it's just a different playing field now you know it's uh you know, you taught me how to edge. You taught me how to work after three to five. And, you know, it's the same thing here. Our job doesn't finish at five. Some of our best deals are, you know, finish at 730 at night. And, you know, that mindset and that environment to do the extra stuff has carried over to, to me being a successful business person, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and learning to, to outwork people and learning to do the stuff outside of, you know, eight to four, which most people think is the work day, has really been critical to, to my company's success, mm, you know. and when cool. when a, player tells you that you know it's a you know it's probably one of the biggest rewards you can get as a coach and you know that what you taught them on the playing field was carried over to life and is one of the keys to their success that's very cool um so it you know looking at your resume you become accomplished so much now what keeps you going in this field of coaching and what gets you up every morning and looking forward to next season and and, and con continue to compete at the highest level well, you know, I'm just a competitive guy, you know, every day I try to get two wins for myself, you know, one of those wins starts when I wake up in the morning, you know, I have a little sit up, little push up, sit up and curl routine that I do and I have to get 150 reps every morning. If I get 150 wow. reps of the three things, then uh, I got win number one. And then every day, you know, at lunchtime, usually at school or at night, if it's with my club, you know, I'm riding my bike and over the course of the week. You know, I'm trying to get 150 miles, which means I'm probably riding five or six days a week, 20 to 40 miles. So, you know, if I get the second workout and like today at lunch, I'm probably going to ride 25 miles. It'll be I'll get win two. So, wow. you know, I, I'm going to get two wins today, you know, and if you get two wins physically and that part of the equation, you know, 
I think that, you know, if you're taking care of your body a little bit. But, you know, every every year is a new team. You know, it's a new cast of, new cast of characters. And every year they bring, you know, different challenges and different things that they've got to, that they need. And, and you got to push and prod them in a positive way to get the dents out of their armor and, and to become collectively better and, and to mold them into a group. You know, that's a, it's a different group every year, and there's different challenges, um, you know, and, and so it's never the same. You know, they're, they're different people. They get motivated different ways. They have different weaknesses. They have different dents that you got to get out, you know, by getting them to do extra stuff. And, you know, seeing that happen, you know, on a yearly basis is, is exciting. Mm. You know, it, does, it doesn't matter if it's year 32 or year 22 or year one. You know, your challenges are in a lot of ways the same for each each new group, you know. But once you have an established program, obviously some things are a little bit easier because you have a lot of guys that have bought into the culture that are working real hard to take some of their own dents out of their armor um, and, and are continually improved. But just to see some of the improvement of, of guys and um, as a result of their effort, I mean, is just a, it's truly rewarding to, to see – you know that that transpire over four years um, and become great young men and great leaders that are going to be ready to take on the world. That's awesome. And do you notice any kind of different challenges with today's youth? And let's say compared to like ten, fifteen years ago when you were coaching, and how do you deal with that? Um, well, I, I think there's different challenges. I don't know if we have all the tra- struggles that some people do, but um, you know, I think that some of the guys that do come here have to really learn how to work on their own. You know, because they've been driven by their mom and dads, you know, they've always had coaches 24-7. They don't know how to go out in their backyard and, and take a bucket of 120 balls and shoot on their own. They don't know how to go out and live on the wall and put some music on their ear and, and pound that ball for 30 minutes. They, you know, they're always been driven by these games and the travel teams, and they think that's the way to being great, you know. But as I tell kids, you know, when you come you come here, yeah, it's great that you play on a great travel team. But you know, you went and played six games this weekend, and you're a midi. And six games, you got 15 shots. Well, you're not going to become a very good shooter shooting 15 shots. Mm-hmm. You know, if we would have taken a few less weekends and played in those games and got out and shoot for two hours, which would have been four hours less than the six game, hours you played, and shot ball buckets, you probably would have shot about 800 shots. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a math major, but, you know, it's yeah. going to be a lot easier to be a, a sniper and, and, uh, from shooting 800 shots than it is shooting 15 this weekend. It's very cool. Uh, and one of the common questions that I like to ask people that I interview is, you know, even as a successful as coach as you are, I'm sure there's been mistakes that you made in the past. What are some mistakes that you made in the past that you learned so much from um, in your experience? You know, never had a lot of big mistakes. Um you know, maybe maybe one time I gave a kid too many chances, but I've also had a track record of giving some kids some chances and becoming great success stories. You know, they had to pay for their consequences. Um, but, but there might have been one time where maybe that that didn't work out that you regret that maybe you gave that kid that that third chance. You know, but uh, you know, over the course of time, when I think about some of the success stories, you know, a couple kids have been given a second chance here and, and have really responded to, to to turning out to being great citizens. And if they wouldn't have gotten that second chance, I don't know if they would have ever turned out that way. Mm. You know, but I, there definitely was probably one case where it came back to haunt me a little bit that, uh, you know, I I gave that kid another chance and he, he didn't turn the corner. Um, but there's 10 success stories for every one of those, you mm-hmm. know, so thinking back, I probably would have done the same thing because, you know, I th- think that the way we do things here and the, and the way we make people accountable that most of the times people don't slip through the cracks. 
Very cool. And coach, as we are coming to the end of the podcast, the one thing I ask from uh, people that I interview is uh, words of encouragement. So that's somebody that's listening to this podcast, whether that's a future athlete that's looking into getting to collegiate sports or maybe a parent of that athlete, what would be the words of encouragement that you'd share with them? Well, you you know, I I think there's a couple of little sayings that we have here that, you know, go a long way. You know, we always talk about um, excellence as a choice. You know, and, and you can, you, you're the one who's going to make that choice. We always talk about outworking your talent. You know, everybody's pretty talented, and when you get higher, the higher the level it is, you know, the, pl- the playing field becomes more and more level, and it becomes like the NFL on any given Sunday. And why? Because the, le- the playing field's pretty even on Sundays in the NFL, and the same thing happens in our sport when you get near the national championship levels, you know, pretty level playing field. And, and the difference um, is the people that work harder and have really defined refined the skill set that they're capable of doing and, and take their talent to the next level in their skill set because they've learned to do the extra stuff and learned to work outside of three to five um that is the real difference maker to being a champion you know um and it, not many kids learn to outwork their talent especially when we talk about high school kids they rely on their talent they don't do the extra stuff and they can get away with it um but when a kid gets in an environment where he has to outwork his talent to, to begin on the field and to play at the highest level, you know, then I think he really learns one of the most important skills in life, you know, that, that proper effort equals outcome. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what you do, you know, whether it's you being the best gym owner or the best inspiring motivator to, to teach people or train people or whether it is you're going to make a million dollars on Wall Street, you know, you you, you got to learn to outwork your talent mm-hmm. and you get and you learn that proper effort uh, equals success. And um, I think our guys learn that through their journey here that, that really helps them be successful no matter what they, they do when they leave here. Very cool. Thank you so much for your time, Coach, and uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me.